Welcome back, my friends, to the D-Rate to Hate podcast. I'm Wilk from WilkesWorld.com, and this is going to be episode 61 of our podcast. Now, I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. I am truly blessed to have had some of the great guests that I've had recently. And Ellie Shoja is our guest this week, and certainly she is uh, another just absolutely fascinating person that I've had the pleasure to speak with. But first, at the D-Rate to Hate podcast, we did not create the hate. But with your help, we can derate the hate. So what have you done today to make your life a better life? What have you done today to make the world a better place? Here at the Derate the Hate podcast, we're all about bettering the world one attitude at a time. And our guest this week, Ellie Shoja, is without a doubt somebody who is doing great things to better the world. Now, Ellie Shoja is a serial entrepreneur, award-winning author, co-founder of Peace Unleashed. She's a TEDx speaker and the co-host of Unleash Your Peace podcast. Ellie has been described and is best known for being a mindset expert, motivational speaker, and a modern-day roomie, whose passion for uplifting and empowering others is at the core of the Peace Unleashed philosophy. For those who aren't familiar with Rumi, the 12th century Persian poet and master of Sufi, this in itself is worth checking out. Now, as a first-generation immigrant and the daughter of an international conman, Ellie moved several times per year, often with her family being on the run and living in refugee camps throughout Europe and Germany, before emigrating to the United States at the age of 15. By the age of 12, Ellie was suffering from severe nervous tics, an anger and mood disorders, and a suicidal ideation. What began as a personal healing journey turned into an 18-year deep dive into various modalities of psychology, philosophy, and spirituality. Ellie founded Peace Unleashed in order to share the inner peace strategy, tools, and processes that helped her become one of the most grounded and peaceful people living today. Ellie has been featured in various podcasts and publications, including Entrepreneur Magazine, Elite Daily, Authority Magazine, and Thrive Global. Among her clients are A-list celebrities, influencers, and online personalities. She is a keynote speaker and has spoken at national and international conferences, including Borderless Content Congress, The Great American Pitch Fest, and Digital Hollywood. There's nothing more that I can say to talk about how great Ellie is, but let's jump right into that interview so you can hear her for yourself. Thank you, Ellie, for joining the D-Rate to Hate podcast. I very much appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Ralph, for having me on. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I know uh, you come highly recommended. A, a mutual friend of ours, Jonathan Troen, was just on the D-Rate to Hate podcast a, a couple episodes ago and talking about his self-love revolution. And and he, he said that you were definitely somebody that I really needed to speak with because he knows that we're all about bettering the world one attitude at a time. And he, he said that, you know, your message, Ellie, was was one that would definitely benefit the listeners. So again, I, I'm very appreciative uh, and grateful that he uh, he recommended you and uh, I'm grateful that you're here joining me today. Thank you. And I love Jonathan. Oh, what a great shout out to, to oh, him such- and from him to me. It's it's really amazing how we're all just kind of like connected to each other and, and we find each other. Uh, Jonathan's just such an amazing human being himself. And I, I feel very blessed to know him. And now I feel blessed to know you, Wilk. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yep. Such a such a great opportunity. And 
And uh, you're right. He is an incredible person and, and I love talking to him and I, I know we'll be talking to him again. So that's uh that's a great deal that, that, you know, we were able to get introduced that way. So like I said, we're, we're all about bettering the world one attitude at a time. And I love having conversations with people like you, Ellie, who have, who have a story, a backstory of, of say trauma to triumph. Somebody who has, has had a, a sketchy past, something that's happened. They've overcome adversity. They've, they've done phenomenal things. And, and, and in reading some of your background, and it's so fascinating that the things that you have in, in there. So talk to me a little bit about, I believe you said your father was an international con man and you're moving around as a child and, and living in refugee camps. And, and, and obviously it led to, to a, a tragic period in your life as a young teen. Talk, talk to me about that, that trauma portion and how that led into your your piece unleashed your 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 podcast this this i mean you're obviously a, a, a an award-winning author now talk to me about that journey yeah so i had as you said a very unconventional childhood my dad was an international con man which meant uh we moved around incessantly because we were always on the run so he would do bad things. And then uh, we would need to flee wherever we were. And so we lived in multiple countries. I grew up uh, in Germany, Iran, and Turkey before we moved to the U.S. at the age of 15. And by then, all of this stuff had happened. I'd lived a full life pretty much before the age of 12. When I was 12, that was a pivotal point in our lives because my mom basically had enough of that uh, tumultuous lifestyle. And she took me and my sister and we ran away. This is how we got away from that life is we literally had to run away from it. And we ran away, we hid uh, with some co-workers that she had for a couple of weeks. And then her parents sent us tickets, bought us tickets to move back to Iran. Now, at this time, we were in Germany. Previously, we'd lived in refugee camps. Uh, I moved uh, during the three years preceding it from the age of nine to 12. I had moved eight or nine times every year. So if you can imagine... Oh during those seminal years, uh, moving one time, what that does to a kid, you know, and then what happens when you're moving 25 times. So it was very tumultuous. On top of it, my dad was extremely abusive. He was uh, paranoid. Uh, So he had all these weird ways of living and thinking about himself and about the world and, and the need to control his property, which was us. So I'm 12. We run away. Ironically, I did not identify with my mom at all. I saw her as weak. I saw being a woman as weak. I hated being a girl as I was growing up. I'm wearing pink today. You know, I I have my nails painted. But uh, for a large part of my life, I did not want to be a girl because I thought girls are weak. Girls um, are not strong like my dad was. So I identified very much with him. I wanted to stay. I wanted to stay with him, which, oh my gosh, what a life that would have been. Uh So 
so we leave. I have all this anger, all this resentment, and I have severe nervous tics. So from, from the age of eight or nine, I had severe nervous tics. You couldn't look at me without noticing them. And, uh, and at that point when we're leaving, I also start uh, thinking about taking my own life. So I'm 12 years old. I have severe nervous tics. I have anger issues. I'm angry at my mother, who is my now primary caretaker and who has been the primary caretaker even throughout my entire life without, without me realizing this and just trying to keep things together, having her own internal issues and mental issues as a result of the life she has led and a very, very dark period of my life ensues. And that continues into my twenties. Yeah. As one would expect uh, that kind of, uh, I mean, just moving around, I moved around a lot as a child and, and I, and I understand just that part of it, having, uh, you know, having a, adverse effect on a child and their developmental years and everything else. But then you combine that with the paranoid and abusive father, a mother that you, you know, you don't identify with because yeah, just the the whole thing. And as you're developing your identity as a, as a young girl and then seeing your mother is weak and, and yeah, that's, that's a, that's a lot. That's a big load to haul for, for, for a young kid. And, And that, that suicidal, tendencies that that so many people and and it is so unfortunate because there's there's so many people out there right now that are battling those so so talk about when you what was your what was your moment what what happened that were was able you know as a young adult Ellie what happened to help turn that around for you how did you start to win that battle that you were fighting within yourself yeah, the thing, um, it was during a particularly dark period in my life. My uh, ex-husband, who was my ex-boyfriend, at, uh, who was my boyfriend at the time, he gave me a book by Eckhart Tolle called The Power of Now. Now, as I was reading this book, first of all, I was a complete mess at this point. I if you can imagine the cumulative effect of the suffering that I was living, I was now living it into my 20s. And I was living it as my reality. And as a result of that, I felt unworthy. I felt unlovable. I felt uh, ashamed of being a girl. Um, I I had all of this internal just uh victimization, you know, all this pain that just came along with me. And I thought this was my reality. Life was just unfair. God did not exist. Uh, Life was about suffering. There was no point to it other than suffering. And this was my reality. This is how I lived. So I'm reading this book and I realize as I'm reading it, that something inside me is shifting and changing. And the, the thing that was changing was that I was starting to understand that we are not just these physical bodies. True. And this 
book was so powerful because it actually experientially takes you through that understanding that we are not our physical bodies, that there is something else, something more. Now, at this time, I wasn't ready to accept that there is something, you know, like more outside of me or, you know, this intelligent universe that I believe in now, you know, this, uh, this God consciousness that I believe in now. At the time, I was not ready for any of that. But all I knew was that it provided relief within me to to connect to something else that is residing inside of me that is not the suffering. And that was a very powerful turning point for me. Such an important point, because, yeah, I think when people, I think people often are too absorbed with themselves and when they don't realize you know, you talked, uh, I, I watched, you know, the little video on your piece on Leashed website. And one of the things that you say, you create what you think about most. Mm-hmm. It, it reminded yeah. me, it reminded me of an episode that I did recently. Uh, in episode 52, I talk about the reticular activating system mm-hmm. and, and the perpetual victim mentality. And, and that, that whole idea of you are, or you create what you think about most. I don't think a lot of people realize how, I mean, this is really, there is that spiritual being, but there is also science to the fact that if you constantly believe in the, you focus on the fact that you're a victim, you're going to manifest that in everything that happens to you every day. And and you, you really need to understand that it is science. It is, there's a physical thing going on there in your brain that, Mm -hmm. If you think you're a victim, you're going to constantly recognize things all the time that reinforce that victim mentality in your brain. You're going to be miserable. So absolutely. And then you're here's what I've learned about uh, beliefs, Wilk, which is really fascinating. And there's actual research behind this. And I was when I was reading the research on this, I thought, wow, this is just incredible, right? It's it's amazing. So beliefs, uh, a belief is essentially nothing other than a thought that we have decided is true. That's it. That's all that a belief is. So something happens uh, to us and I have a thought around it. Uh, let's say somebody um, tells me I my hair is ugly. Mm-hmm. And I have the thought that I have terrible hair. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And now I agree with that thought and I decide that thought is truth. Right. What my brain does is it does something extremely efficient, which is it takes that thought and it packages it and shoves it into my subconscious mind mm-hmm. as and automatic programming. So from that point forward, from the moment I decided that this thought is the truth, it's reality, I stop having that conscious thought. Rather, I just know always that I have terrible hair. Now, here's the fascinating thing about beliefs. That wasn't even the fascinating thing. The fascinating thing is we start collecting evidence for the belief only after the thought has turned into belief. Uh So collection of evidence is not 
uh, an act of validating, but uh, it's an act of justifying to ourselves uh, the the continuation of that belief, which is fascinating. So now forever on, I am going to attract to myself experiences, people, situations that validate and confirm the belief that I that I decided on a whim in that split second when I was a kid, when somebody said one thing to me. Yep. Isn't that interesting? It is, it is very interesting. And it, it is, it is the downfall of so many. You're right. It can, it can be one tiny little event, mm-hmm. one tiny little thing, uh, you know, an action when you're being, you know, bullied as a child. And then you start to, again, like you were just saying, find the evidence to support that thought in your mind that made you feel less than you really are. And then from that point going forward, you're constantly looking for that evidence to make you feel as bad as you felt in that moment. And you are then that perpetual victim. And, and, and it's, it's a, it's a perpetual cycle of hell for so many people. It really is. So tell me, tell me things that you Ellie are doing and and helping people to get beyond that cycle. Yeah. So what happened for me was that my journey into the self started with that one book, Power of Now. And because I experienced just a tiny bit of relief, I wanted more of it. I wanted to feel better. And so I started, and here's the other thing, when we look for the information, it comes to us. When we are ready for a teacher, it appears. You know, so when we want relief, all the pathways to relief start to show up. So I started uh, kind of attracting to myself experiences, people, and things that uh, that that put me on this trajectory of understanding myself on a deeper level. So that was 15 years of diving in just for the purpose of releasing my own pain, but it became this 15-year spiritual journey into the self. And at some point along my path, I felt at peace. You know, that that victim, uh, that victimized person became somebody else. It became a person of a story. And I didn't have no, I no longer had an emotional connection to her. I can see her, I can uh, kind of sympathize with her pain, but I'm not in that pain anymore. I can talk about it without Uh, any kind of emotion attached, right? It's just like I went to the store the other day. My dad was an international con man and I was abused as a child. There are stories now and from my past. When that happened, I was able to then talk about the things that helped me through that journey with people who are in the middle of the storms, Mm-hmm. And that was another powerful point, turning point in my life, uh, because I realized that when we access the light within ourselves, when we give ourselves permission to shed all of those layers of pain that keep us from being who we really are, which is this bright light of creation, every one of us is that, when we gain access to that, we become beacons, whether we like it or not. Right. We become lights, light bulbs, guiding other people 
into their own perfection. And that's the, that's the key here is that when I allow myself to light up, I give you permission to light up the lamp that is within you. And that's really powerful. So, so realizing that I started sharing uh, this knowledge that I had gained along the way uh, and stepping into that role of illuminating the path for the people who are walking with me. And that led into the creation of Peace Unleashed, which is a mindfulness company that uh, me and a close friend of mine uh, run together. And we create, we have a podcast called Unleash Your Peace. The first 75 episodes of that podcast are essentially a course into inner peace. So if you start at episode one and listen every episode, they're very short episodes, uh, you start transforming from the inside out. Um, Very, very powerful. So, and we have courses, we have now published books and, and an Oracle card deck and articles. And so our mission is essentially to, to help others find the peace that resides within them beneath all of the pain that they are carrying. Yeah. And and I can see how you're doing that because, you know, just watching that one little video I I watched from your your little intro video, uh, you know, you you just feel this. It's so well done that you just feel, you know, I miss I got to be honest with you. I, I grew up very angry. I, I, I had a lot of stuff happen when I was younger too. And, and I am at, I am as at peace, if I'm saying that correctly, as at peace right now in my life as I've ever been in my life. And I'm, you know, I'm grateful for that. And there's a number of reasons, but, but I, I, you know, I, I had my own journey. And mm-hmm. when I watch that little video of yours, I'm like, you still feel, I mean, even though I don't have that weight on my chest anymore, you still feel like, whew, it's, it's refreshing. It's, it's very, I liked it a lot. I got to be honest. Um, You know, another thing on your site, another thing on your site that, that uh, really intrigued me was talk to me about the intentions alignment diagram and then rapid manifestation. There are two things that that you've talked about. What are those things that that people are doing? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, So the intentions alignment diagram is actually, we teach a whole workshop around it. And it's such a popular tool. It's a tool that we created uh, because of our workshops. We teach uh, several workshops and we created this tool for those workshops. But this was so popular that uh, and people were always reaching out to us and asking us for it. So we put it on our website. So you can actually go to peaceunleashed.com and you can download this intentions alignment diagram. And it's such a powerful tool because it teaches you, it shows you uh, why things are not manifesting in your life, the things that you want. Why is it that, you know, everybody says, think positive thoughts and the things that you want will come to you, right? Now, we wanted to explain why is it that they don't sometimes, right? You set an intention, you work toward it, you work your butt off and you are really good with your, uh, with your um, mantras and, and affirmations and so forth, but still it doesn't happen, right? So we broke it down 
as I get into that, let me just say one thing about creation, about this process of manifestation. The process of manifestation is only a two-step process. There are only two steps in it. The first step is the imagination. You imagine it, you build this image of what you want inside your imagination, and uh, it builds momentum over time as you focus your attention on it. Where your attention goes, your energy flows. So as I put my attention on this thing that I'm creating and I um, uh, kind of flow my energy to it, in my imagination, it becomes more and more real. And every person who is watching this, who is hearing this, has done this at some point in their life. Where the thing that I wanted built up so much momentum, it became so real for me that it could not not become physical. So when that happens, when this thing built so much momentum that it has to break through that wall of physicality, that's when step two happens. It, uh, that's when it manifests itself. So all of the, at that point, all the cooperative components uh, are drawn to me because this is so real that it has to become real in the physical sense. And so every piece of the puzzle that I need in order to make that transition moves toward me. So I sit next to the right person on the airplane who has a piece of it. I read the right book that has a piece of it. I stumble onto an ad that takes me a little bit closer to it. I uh, talk to somebody random at a grocery store that has a piece of it. So all of these pieces start to uh, coalesce and, and come together for the purpose of the manifestation of the thing that I have created in my imagination. So that is the creation process. When we set intentions, we become intentional in that manifestation process. Now we become deliberate in our manifestation process because guess what? If we never set any intentions, we are still creating, but we're creating by default the things that we don't want because what most people think about most of the time are things that they are afraid of, things that are making them suffer in the moment, things that they don't want and their negative ideation of what can happen in the future. I'm going to go into this board meeting and I'm going to blow it and people are going to laugh at me or whatever. So this is what most of us are trained to think about most of the time. It's very detrimental because we are creating things that we don't want all the time. Now, the intentions alignment diagram uh, is broken up into four pieces. Uh, it's uh, your belief, your vision, your emotions, and your actions. So it's asking you to be very honest about an intention that you have set. Where is my belief? Is my belief from zero being, you know, I don't, I don't think this is going to ever happen for me, to 10 being it's done. Of course, it's going to happen. Of course, it's going to happen. It's, I have absolute certainty that this is the thing that's coming my way. Where does my belief lie? So you mark that. Then you go to the next column, which is your vision. The vision is I can see this a hundred percent. That's at 10. It's like, I can see it with absolute clarity. 
And at the bottom, it's, I, I don't even know what this would look like if I had it. Let, no. Let's give it, let's give an example. Let's say I want to make a million dollars in my business this year, right? Mm-hmm. Where is my belief? Do I believe it's possible for me? Or do I, I don't believe it at all. Right. Right. Or where along that line, oh, I think maybe there's a 20% chance I could make it, right? So I mark that. Um, where's my vision? I absolute, you know, clarity. I know what that would look like for me to have this million dollars. Or I I don't even know what that would look like. But like, I don't know. I don't know what a million dollars looks like in my life, right? Mm-hmm. So where does mm-hmm. my my vision lie? And then we go into emotions. Uh, Do I have fear associated with this million dollars? What if I don't get it? What if, you know, those negative what ifs? Uh, Or at the top of that, we have enthusiasm. Oh my God, I cannot wait. How amazing will it be when I have this, right? So when 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 I break that, uh, you know, seven figure uh, uh, a wall or a ceiling in my business. I, I can't wait for this, right? Enthusiasm. And then at the bottom, we have the fear. And then we go into actions. Now, actions is also, we got to be very honest. Actions that I have been taking toward this intention, are they rooted in fear? Am I doing it because I'm afraid I'm going to miss out? Because, uh, you know, Gary V says you have to do X, Y, and Z. And yep. I'm afraid if I don't do it, I'm, I'm not going to be competitive enough, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Or am I doing it because I feel inspired? I feel enthusiastic. It's like I'm, I woke up and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what I need to do. And, and it's exciting, right? So where does, where uh, for the actions that I'm taking, what emotion is fueling those actions? now? Uh, when you have downloaded the intentions alignment diagram, uh, you'll see on the right of the of this uh, graph that I just uh, <laughs> explained, it'll give you three distinct sections, right? So if any one of these four is below the five line, right? Mm-hmm. Below a five. If, if any one of them is below a five, we are in um, fear alignment. Okay. When we are in fear alignment, that means we're taking action and we're not going anywhere. This Makes is sense. where you have an intention for years and you're spinning your wheels and you're spinning your wheels and nothing is happening. You feel like, I am today where I was a decade ago, (laughs) you know, and it's very frustrating. Being in fear alignment is very frustrating. Now, when you look at that and you see yourself in fear alignment and you look at which one of the four is below the five, you know what to work on. You might be in fear alignment because every action you've taken over the past decade has been fueled by fear. Right. You might be in fear alignment because uh, you're, you don't even believe that it's possible for you to get this thing, right? Your belief might be at a two or a three. You know, you might be in fear alignment because your vision doesn't have clarity, right? So, but this diagram shows you exactly 
what you then need to work on to bring uh, everything up above the five and bring you into the next uh, tier, which is positive momentum alignment. And positive momentum alignment is where we start seeing some movement toward the actualizations of our, goal, of our goals and, manifest, um, and our intentions. So you are moving forward, even if it is a little bit incrementally, right? You're seeing some movement toward it. It's a good place to be. Positive momentum alignment is better than fear alignment. It's a good place to be. But the goal here is to uh, do the mindset work necessary to bring all of those four pieces up into above the eight line. So we want our vision to be above eight. We want to have absolute uh, clarity with what we're moving toward. We want our belief to be above eight. We want to have absolute belief that this is happening. This is it, right? It's coming. I don't even have to ask for it anymore because it's it's happening, right? Mm-hmm. And we want our emotion to be enthusiasm and inspiration and excitement. And we want all of our actions to be fueled by this enthusiasm and excitement. When that happens, we enter flow alignment. Flow alignment. Flow alignment is a magical place to be. This is where Everything around us starts to move toward us as though by magic, we move forward toward this actualization of this belief uh, of this uh, intention as though by magic, everything, uh, all of the cooperative components just are drawn to us, attracted to us. It's a very powerful, powerful, powerful place to be. It's enjoyable. It's fun. This is when everything we want comes to fruition in rapid manifestation without us seemingly doing anything. Like it feels like we're not doing anything and everything just boom, 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 boom. The pieces fall into place. Uh, Very, very powerful. Uh, That's when we have the overnight successes, you know, that go from struggling for a decade, suddenly they enter flow alignment and all of a sudden, Everything's just clicking on all cylinders, making it, making things happen. Mm -hmm. And it feels like you're not doing anything. You know, it just feels like everything is just happening for you in a magical, magical way. It is magical. That's a fascinating, uh, that is a fascinating way of going about that process. And, and yeah, I think, I think a lot of people, they, they wonder how, you know, they, they see people that the, overnight successes that were getting nowhere for so long and and uh no it's a it's a fascinating it's a fascinating idea and and I think it's something certainly worth checking out and and obviously and that's that that comes up right on the peace unleashed website right right away when you when you go on there so obviously we will uh we will link to the the peace unleashed yeah an easy way to get to it is uh to just go to intentions dot today intentions.today yeah intentions.today will take you directly to the page where you can download that diagram that's that is fascinating that's 
I think that's a very valuable tool. I think a lot of what you've said uh, so far in our conversation, Ellie, is, is incredibly valuable in, in a person's journey. And, you know, there's so many things I think you and I could talk about. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we, could, we could talk for, for a very long time. And, and I think the value that you've provided our listeners today is, is incredible. And I, and I got to thank you so very much. Talk to me about one, one other thing I saw in one of your bios. Uh, and I like to, if, if something stands out, I just want to bring it up. You, you, sure. you, were, you were described as a modern day Rumi. I, I think mm-hmm. it's pronounced Rumi. Uh, just looking back on, on something else that I've done. Uh, he was a what master Sufi and, and uh, a poet, a Persian poet at, mm-hmm. at some point. Talk to me a little bit about how you came to be described as a modern day Rumi. Yeah, it's um, Rumi is such a fascinating figure. His writing is extremely connected to that heart space. And uh, the way I found myself into that description is through the work that I have done talking about the heart and the connection to the heart, because the heart chakra, the fourth chakra, the energy center uh, that is located in our heart space is the bridge between the physical and the non-physical within us. And it is also the center of creation. It's the magnetic force that pulls all of the things that we want to us. Uh, This is why in the intentions alignment diagram, literally two out of four, half of the equation is emotion centered. So when we tap into those higher vibrational emotions uh, of enthusiasm, excitement, love, joy, so forth, we we become this magnetic force that draws to ourselves all of those higher vibrating experience. And the way I found myself into that is by essentially writing work that is very similar to Rumi's work. I didn't uh, intend it. I think it just comes out of that connection. It's a very, um, we have an Oracle card deck called Your Heart Knows the Way that features a lot of this writing. It's all channeled writing and it is uh, inspired by Rumi's quote that says, your task is not to seek for love, but to find and remove all the barriers against it. And uh, the deck is 52 cards. Every card uh, associates with something that we are doing that is keeping the flow of that, of that love, that creative force, creation force from flowing through our heart space. Uh, and a lot of that writing is extremely poetic. It's very connected and um, and Rumi esque. Mm-hmm. Well, that is fascinating. And like Rumi, Rumi was a fascinating figure in in history, and I, I think you're a fascinating uh, figure mm-hmm. here today. And 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 it's beautiful that you've been able to join me. I, I I'm so grateful for it. And again, thankful to Jonathan Troen for uh, for introducing us. I I, uh, I can't thank him enough. And certainly hope that uh that you and i get to speak again yeah i would love that thank you so much Will, for having me on your show really appreciate it this has been yeah. such a joy talking about all of my favorite topics uh and uh what a wonderful conversation thank you so much value from another great guest on the d-rate day podcast i hope you found as much value in that conversation with ellie shoja as i did and uh i, I just want to say I, i'm 
I'm incredibly grateful for all the support and, and all of you that are, are listening. So when you get out there, be kind to one another, be grateful for everything that you've got. And remember, it's up to you to make each and every day the day that you want it to be. Anywhere you get your audio, you can follow us, subscribe to the podcast, share us with your friends, check us out on most social media platforms, follow us there, share us with your friends there. If you have something to say to me, email me at wilk at wilksworld.com. That I'm going to back on out of here and catch you next.